Hello and welcome to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM and WKRM Radio. Your hometown news broadcasting from the Debbie Matthews Nashville Realty Newsroom in Columbia, Tennessee. I'm your host, Tom Price. Today is Thursday, January 25th, and we start with local news. On January 23rd, Murray County Fire responded to a reported structure fire at 6.38 p.m. on Highway 431 in the Pottsville community. Arriving units found a shop on fire with a large amount of contents. Due to water shuttle operations, 431 was shut down by Murray County Sheriff's Office deputies to keep members from being struck by passing vehicles. Units operated for approximately two hours. No injuries were reported. Spring Hill City Planners reviewed a proposed concept plan to construct a 58-unit set of townhomes, some of which would serve as live-work residences. The townhomes would be located on 11.13 acres along the intersection of Twin Lakes Drive and Buckner Lane and was submitted by applicant Reagan Smith. The concept is to provide a blend of live-work townhomes, residential townhomes, and single-family homes. In addition to the residential units, the development will also include several amenities to provide a modern neighborhood feel, such as a community pavilion, a dog park, community garden, and fire pit. Since the project is only in the concept plan phase, no votes will be taken on the item at this time, according to the City of Spring Hill planning staff report. Jay Easter, an architect representing Reagan Smith, said the next phase would be to develop a plan to annex the property, as it currently resides outside of the Spring Hill city limits, as well as zoning requests prior to site plan designs. These will be owner-operated with a residential space above, with a commercial space for office or small retail on the first floor, Easter said, and these will front onto Twin Lakes Drive. Once approved, the goal is for construction to start sometime in 2025 and conclude in 2027. As the Planning Commission began discussions Monday regarding the project, Alderman Trent Linville stated that one of the requirements for a planned development, according to the city's Unified Development Code, is to provide a significant public benefit. Easter said his team is currently finalizing what that benefit would be specifically, which is partly why the project is still in the concept phase. The request for use is fairly different from the surrounding area, which is primarily residential and especially with a school adjacent to it, Linville said. Justification for why we should be moving away from that is definitely something I want to be looking for. There is still some work to be done to make sure we have enough to justify this as a substantial benefit, he said. Alderman Matt Fitterer suggested the item be submitted as a discussion item for the Board of Mayor and Alderman. Ultimately, I don't think there's any point in us providing a ton of feedback to the applicant without the applicant also getting the opportunity to get it in front of the Board of Mayor and Alderman, Fitterer said. The development in its current design proposes to include approximately 105 on-street parking spaces, some of which would serve as parallel spaces at the front of the homes. This drew concerns from some planners, particularly Jonathan Duda, who said the parallel spaces would pose a safety hazard in regard to school traffic. My comment would be to seriously reconsider on-street parking at Twin Lakes Drive or Austin's Way, which is the main road for 16- and 17-year-olds to drive to school and school buses, Duda said. I understand the traffic-calming nature of parallel parking, but I just don't see that being viable in this scenario, he said. 
Planning Commission Vice Chair James Golius agreed, saying that while public parking is needed for the live-work units, having it fronting a road which experiences heavy volumes of school traffic should be reconsidered. The Murray County School Board has updated its vacation policy for 10-month transportation employees to include 10 days of paid vacation, fixing an error made which previously allowed for both holidays and vacations. The board met January 2nd to vote on the changes, with members unanimously agreeing to grant employees vacation and sick days rather than holidays. Murray County Superintendent of Schools Lisa Ventura said the error was made last summer when creating a 210-day calendar rather than 200. From all the information we have gathered and from everyone we have talked to, these employees used to have no paid holidays, Ventura said. They had vacation and sick days, and that is what they really wished to have. Ventura said she met with transportation employees to solicit feedback on the changes. There was no formal survey done. However, at least four members of my staff and myself have met with bus attendants, bus monitors, bus drivers, and the dispatch crew, she said. Board member Betty Kinzer, who represents District 2, said vacation days should be paid across the board. I think if you pay people for their vacation days, you have to do it across the board, she said. Everybody is important. There's got to be equity here. So I think that opens up a huge can of worms and think if you pay out every employee we have, then it's going to be a budgetary issue, she said. District 5 member Laura Nutt suggested adding a bonus for the percentage of pay collected at the end, which she said could be an incentive. The reason why I say that is to give them incentive to actually work those vacation days, she said. I know that's a problem. I've heard mentioned is there is a lot of inconvenient vacation days being being taken, so I just thought an incentive of that form might benefit us, she said. Any unused sick or vacation days will be paid out to employees at the end of the year, which would help in bridging the gap during the summer months. Ventura said the policy change will go into effect immediately. The board will next meet Tuesday for a special meeting, special called meeting rather, in which they will vote on a gym floor covering bid for multiple schools and a weight room bid for the new Battle Creek High School. Yesterday, Revive My Skin Day Spa held their grand opening. Front Porch Radio's Mary Susan Kennedy stopped by the ribbon cutting to see what the new day spa has to offer. This is Mary Susan Kennedy with Front Porch Radio. And this afternoon, I'm in Columbia at a ribbon cutting celebrating the grand opening of Revive My Skin, a new day spa here in Columbia. I'm speaking with Sheena Cagle, the owner. Congratulations, Sheena. Thank you. We're so excited. Can you tell us about the services and products you offer here at Revive? Yes, so we are a fully functioning day spa. Um, We offer facials, lash and brow services. We have spray tanning. We try to be really conscious on skin health. And we also offer chemical peels and medical grade skincare here. That's amazing. Just curious, medical grade skincare includes what? They've got more active ingredients that penetrate deeper into the skin with results driven skincare. That's very beneficial. And then I see that there's some products available for sale as well. Yep, we do. We have PCA Skin. Um, we offer a cosmetics, which is a more of a natural skincare line. We have Is Clinical. That's a medical grade skincare line. Well, that's wonderful. And what are your days and hours of operation? We're open Monday through Saturday from 10 until 3. And then on some certain days, we are open until about 5. Well, that's super convenient. And what's the best way for folks to contact you for an appointment? 
We can um, we offer uh, through the website on www.revivemyskintn.com, as well as on social media. There's booking links through our social media page, um, and that is at revive underscore my skin. Okay, great. And is there a phone number you'd like to share? Yes, our phone number is two two three five zero nine nine. Sheena, can you repeat that website and phone number one more time? Sure. It's www.revivemyskintn.com, and our phone number is 931-223-5099. All right. Well, again, congratulations. You have a lovely facility and beautiful products, and this is just so exciting. Sign me up. Again, this is Mary Susan Kennedy with Front Porch Radio. Spring Hills Board of Mayor and Aldermen met for its annual advance last Friday and Saturday to discuss some of the most important issues facing the city in the coming year. Mayor Jim Hageman said he believes city leaders were able to identify problem areas and debate solutions for those issues during the meetings. We were able to get all of our department heads and the board into a room to discuss the needs of the city, he said. Being able to have those discussions helped us to find the best way forward on those issues. It may not have been a consensus every time, but we feel like we have a plan everybody will get behind, he said. The open, advertised meeting tackled major points of emphasis on the city, such as the water and sewer usage solutions the city is currently in the process of implementing, the Capital Improvement Plan, or CIP, Urban Growth Boundary, or UGB, and more. The biggest challenges we face in the coming years are all infrastructure, Hageman said. We are doing our best to get ahead of projects where we can. The Nashville metro area is growing exponentially, and we have to make sure we are able to meet the need where we can, if not get out ahead, he said. With the UGB, Williamson County has primarily approved the citywide I'm sorry, countywide plan contingent on Spring Hill's upcoming approval of the city's local approval. The county asked us to determine a plan for infrastructure, and there is unfinished business with the county, he said. I asked the county to give us some time to have my team come up with a plan on how we want to proceed. We are ready to start the process of submitting our UGB when we get back, he said. One of the hurdles, biggest hurdles, that Mayor Hageman said is expanding east of I-65, which is one of the major topics the board discussed during the meeting. With the addition of June Lake and the recent TIF approval of Project Suitcase, an industrial and commercial development that may include a private airfield in the future, the city knows how important it is to get proper infrastructure in place before it comes nece- becomes I'm sorry, becomes necessary. After discussions within the CIP included what buildings needed to be on the priority list to build, centering around a new fire station and library. In order to pay for those future upgrades and improvements, Mayor Hageman said the board discussed a number of options. Everything was on the table regarding funding, he said. That includes raising fees for water, sewer, and garbage, as well as raising taxes, but we also talked about how to get more grants from the state and federal governments. It's always a big deal when we can do creative financing with grant money to help abate as much taxpayer money as we can, he said. The current state of water and sewer has long been a top priority for the city, and it has recently been grant money to implement a pilot program in the state, With, but many questions remain. Mayor Hageman said it was good to hear the status of those projects as well. Throughout the duration of this issue, there have been consultants and staff who have been focused on nothing but this issue, he said. We invited all of them to the table to present to us what they have. 
The annual advance meeting is held in January of each year, which allows the board to nail down their top priorities for both the calendar year and fiscal year ahead of budget season. The meeting is advertised and is open to the public, Hageman added. We always want to see the general public interested in the city's business at any meetings we have, including this one, he said. It isn't a typical meeting format, but we think a lot of good comes from these advances, and we hope the public feels the same way once we get back to the business of the city, he said. Spring Hill residents have found a way to answer the calls of Tennessee Department of Transportation leaders following the release of the most recent 10-year construction plan. Widen31.com, a website produced by an anonymous source, has a pre-written statement and the ability to sign your name and email address. The form sends a message to local representatives. When TDOT came and spoke to us in November, they said the best thing citizens can do is to be in constant communication with the representatives about important road projects, Alderman Matt Federer said. Widen31.com just makes that really easy to do, he said. The Transportation Modernization Act, or TMA, plan was released late in 2023, which is the result of an investment strategy for the $3 billion general fund transfer approved in April of 2023 that evenly distributed funds across all four TDOT regions to advance critical transportation projects. A November Spring Hill Board of Mayor and Alderman meeting with TDOT officials yielded additional information, and the project now has secured funding though it is not scheduled for construction until 2033. Jay Klein, legislative director for TDOT, said, We want to call our new motto, What we start, we finish. I think that should be important to this body, particularly in light of that project. Previously, we've had two iterations of our three-year plan that have been generated with this philosophy in mind. US 31 widening did appear on the three-year plan prior to that change in philosophy. The website's letter lays out some of the most important claims from traffic issues in the city. Over the years, our region has experienced significant population growth and increased economic activity, leading to a surge in traffic along State Route 6, Highway 31, it reads. This has resulted in congestion, longer commute times, and a strain on the existing infrastructure. To alleviate these challenges and promote safer, more efficient transportation, I fully endorse immediate widening. The proposed widening will not only enhance the flow of traffic, but also improve safety conditions with, from, for commuters. With the increased capacity, the risk of accidents and traffic-related incidents is likely to decrease, contributing to a safer and more reliable transportation network, it reads. TDOT officials said the cost of the project would top $110 to $120 million in construction fees alone, not including right-of-way acquisition or utility movement costs. The city has contributed more than $3 million in funding already before the project was placed on the 10-year plan. Being placed on the 10-year plan, however, does secure funding, though it is not scheduled for construction again until 2033. The Murray County Animal Shelter is looking for its next director after parting ways with Caitlin Stewart, who had held the title since December of 2022. Stewart has worked at the shelter since 2015 when she began as a part-time employee before working her way up to office manager, then being elevated to director. Our intention is to ensure that Murray County Animal Shelter is a great place for the animals and for public service, Murray County Mayor Sheila Butt said. I know the former director cares deeply for the animals and the future of the animal shelter. I've never doubted that. However, at this time, we will be searching for a new director with management and proven leadership skills, she said.
According to the job description posted to the county's website, the Animal Services Director will lead and manage all aspects of the animal shelter operations at Murray County Animal, ensuring that all animal care programs are conducted in a humane and compassionate manner. Strong consideration will be given to candidates who possess strong interpersonal, organizational, and decision-making skills and demonstrate excellent communication skills as this position serves as a liaison between the government body, governing body, and government officials, agencies, and civic groups. Allegations of abuse and negligence at the Murray County Animal Shelter were brought before the Murray County Health and Environment Committee at its meeting on January 2nd, but county leadership maintained progress was being made in those areas at the time. Mayor Butt said the county needs an expanded facility and more employees to handle the animal control issues as the county continues to grow at a rapid pace. Murray County Animal Services is not a TCA-mandated service, she said. It is a service that the county renders to the public with no state funding. It is paid for with property taxes. There are rural counties in Tennessee that still don't have animal services, she said. We are very fortunate to have Murray County Animal Shelter, and I am committed to having personnel and volunteers who want to see the shelter survive and the animals thrive. I hope the people of Murray County are as well, she said. Mayor Butt said in the January meeting she would stand behind Stewart because she had only been in the job for a short period of time and felt like she and the staff were working to improve conditions. Now the mayor has chosen to move forward with a search for a new director. This change is being made with the new direction we want Murray County Animal Shelter to take in mind. With the growth in Murray County and the additional pressing need for all kinds of animal services, the decision was made to make personnel changes that will move Murray County Animal Shelter forward and make it the best it can be, she said. Until the new director is hired, Deputy Director Michaela Vandiver will serve in the position. To apply for the position, visit murraycounty-tn.gov. And now your hometown memorials, sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Samuel Thomas Dubois, 35, the son of Tom and Anita Dubois, died Sunday at his residence in Columbia. A memorial service will be conducted on Friday at 11 a.m. at St. Peter's Episcopal Church. The family will visit with friends on Thursday from 4 to 7 p.m. at Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home, and Friday from 9.30 until 11 at St. Peter's Episcopal Church Parish Hall. Mrs. Linda June Coffey Briggs, 82, a resident of Columbia and retired secretary for Highland Church of Christ, passed away Friday, January 19th at NHC Columbia. Funeral services will be conducted on Saturday, January 27th at 10 a.m. at Highland Church of Christ. Burial will follow at Polk Memorial Gardens. The family will visit with friends on Friday, January 26th from 4 to 7 p.m. at Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Mr. George Allen Clanton, 92, a retired employee of Occidental Chemical Company and a resident of Columbia, died January 12th at Meadowbrook Nursing Home in Pulaski. The family will visit with friends on Saturday, January 27th at 11 a.m., followed by a memorial service at 11.30 at Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Mr. Jerry Allen Uzel, 82, a resident of Cullioka and a retired employee of Lewis County Middle School, passed away Monday, January 22nd at NHC Columbia. Funeral services will be conducted on Sunday, January 28th at 2 p.m. at Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Burial will follow at Rose Hill Cemetery. The family will visit with friends on Saturday, January 27th from 4 to 8 p.m. at Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Hometown Memorials is sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home, serving with dignity and consideration for over 150 years. 
As years go by, people may tend to forget just what a funeral is really all about. At Oaks and Nichols, we believe it's first and always a special remembrance of someone you love. We start by listening to your needs and desires. If you're unsure, we can help gently, professionally. At Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, we haven't lost sight of why we're here, to serve Murray County families in the ways they prefer, and why Matt and Susie Sowell believe the way to honor tradition is with especially personal service. We believe your traditions, your customs, your rites of passage are very important, but we also believe in taking care of your personal wishes as well. At Oaks and Nichols, we try to do more than just the expected things, so the service you receive honors your heritage and is uniquely yours, and we invite you to experience the difference. Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, 320 West 7th Street in Columbia. Since 1856, people you can rely on. For your southern Middle Tennessee weather, we will have rain again today with thunderstorms possible. The high will be 64 degrees with winds out of the south-southeast at 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, we can expect areas of fog with a low of around 50 degrees. Winds will be out of the west at 5 to 10 miles per hour. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll cover state and national news that affect you. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. Debbie Matthews grew up and lives in beautiful Columbia, Tennessee. As a realtor, she is well-versed in homes, neighborhoods, development, and schools. She wants to share her love of her home state with others to help them find just the right place to raise a family, open a business, or develop a dream. From luxury listings to land, she can handle it all. She is the current leading producer, Nashville Realty Group. Contact Debbie Matthews Realtor at 615-476-3224. That's 615-476-3224. Family first. (laughs) My dad used to tell us that all the time. But family first wasn't just something he'd say to us. It was how he lived every day of his life. And it's how I try to live mine, too. At Shelter Insurance, our agents are dedicated to helping provide personalized auto, home, and life protection that puts your family first. For auto, home, life, or business insurance, see Shelter Agent Tommy Hyde Jr. at 388-2009. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. When you bank local, you get local expertise. Hi, this is Felicia Brown with First Farmers. We've supported families, individuals, and businesses of Middle Tennessee for over a century. You are more than an account number. You are our community, and we're committed to helping you thrive. Switch to First Farmers, visit myfirstfarmers.com, or call 1-800-882-8378. Member FDIC. 
This is Trey Adcock with Dixie Equipment Sales and Rental. We sell ASV and Wacker Neuschen equipment. We also rent a wide variety of compact equipment in the Middle Tennessee area. Come see us. We are located in Columbia, Tennessee at 200 East 16th Street. You can call us at 615-969-0118 or visit our website at www.dixiediesel.com. We have been in business for over 42 years and we would love to help you turn your project into reality. This is George Ross with The Way Realty. Please allow me to share a little bit about us. We measure our success by the quality of service you receive. We provide many ways to help you get the most when selling your house, like home staging, landscaping, repairs, professional pictures, and aggressive marketing. Our listings are posted on the MLS, Realtracks.com, Zillow, Realtor.com, and Trulia. Your house will most likely be your biggest investment for your family and for your future retirement. Let us help you fulfill the American dream by buying, building, or selling your next home. And most importantly, let this new year be a great year by putting Jesus first in your life. Jesus Christ changes lives. I know because He changed mine. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM 101.7 and WKRM 103.7. This program is sponsored in part by George Verilis and the great team at The Way Realty. I'm Tom Price. And now news from around the state. Tennessee could become one of the few states to permit capital punishment for rape of a child under 12. House Bill 1663, sponsored by House Majority Leader William Lamberth, would allow juries to impose the death penalty on adults convicted of raping a child under 12 with certain aggravating factors. The bill passed a first legislative hurdle on Tuesday, sailing through the Tennessee House Criminal Justice Subcommittee by voice vote. I don't take this bill lightly, Lamberth told the House Committee on Tuesday afternoon. We're going to protect our children in the state of Tennessee. If someone rapes one of our children, they forfeit their own life. Life in prison for these evil people is simply too good, he added, noting that life imprisonment makes taxpayers responsible for food, medical, and housing for the prisoners. Tennessee is one of 27 states that allows capital punishment and currently does not allow capital punishment for non-homicide crimes. Only seven other states allow the death penalty for certain child rape offenses. Let's take one last break. When we come back, we'll cover the final story of the day. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. Turner and Osborne Tire Company, 1016 South Main Street in Columbia. Give them a call at 931-388-6822. They've been doing business since 1947 and in their current location since 1964. They provide the best tire and mechanical work at some of the best prices in Middle Tennessee. Hey, they're official Michelin and Goodyear dealers, and they've got all kinds of brands as well. Stop by and see Walker Vining and his professional staff or check them out online at turnerandosborne.com. That's turnerandosborne.com. Don't let pain keep you out of the game. Murray Regional Physical Therapy's experienced team of therapists can help you recover from surgery, injury, or illness by designing a plan that meets your unique needs. We utilize state-of-the-art equipment and proven techniques to help you get back to doing the things you love. Schedule a consultation at any of our convenient Southern Middle Tennessee locations by calling 931-380-4014. Murray Regional Health, where clinical excellence meets compassionate care. 
Have you ever wondered if your insurance needs can be personalized? This is Hunter Carey. Our team specializes in planning your insurance needs to get you the best possible solution. State Farm is the largest home and auto insurer in the country. I love bringing that to my hometown. Born and raised in Columbia, I'm grateful for our close community ties. We offer help with home, auto, and life insurance for everyone in our community. Our office is located at 909 South Garden Street across from the fire station. We're also online at huntercary.com. That's huntercary.com. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today, and now our final story. The Franklin Theater has announced the latest slate of favorites to hit its big screen with its lineup of movies for February. Throwback Thursday, John Hughes Month will kick off on February 1st with a screening of the iconic Ferris Bueller's Day Off at 7 p.m. This will be followed by fellow classic 80s teen film Sixteen Candles on February 8th at 8 p.m. and The Breakfast Club on February 15th at 7 On February 4th, Marvel fans will be excited to hear that Superhero Sundays are back with a Tony Stark doubleheader with Iron Man at 4.30 p.m. and Iron Man 2 at 8. Rock and Roll Mondays will continue on February 5th with A Hard Day's Night, Yesterday on February 12th, and Breaking the Beatles-inspired streak, Grease, on February 26th. All showtimes are at 7 p.m. On February 18th, we'll also see the debut of a new series titled Faith, Hope, and Classics. The series will begin with the 1976 Best Picture Oscar winner, Rocky, at 3 p.m. Purchase tickets at franklintheater.com. That's all for this edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Today on Kennedy Broadcasting WKOM, WKRM Radio. If you ever miss a part or all of this broadcast, you can listen to it anytime or read the transcript online by visiting frontporchradiotn.com. It's always there for you. I'll be back tomorrow to update you with the latest news. I'm Tom Price. Thanks for listening. Be safe and have a great day.